Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number three of the show. Excited about our next guest from Pro Football Talk. That's Shereen Williams. Uh, Hall of Famer, Shereen Williams, as a matter of fact. And Shereen, thank you so much for your time on this Friday. Wanted to talk to you about a variety of different things, including the coaching search. And there's a couple dominoes that have fallen. And there's some more that is sure to follow sooner rather than later. But let's start off with somebody that you know very, very close. And that's uh, Matt Eberflus. Uh, I asked you about him earlier this past year and uh, thought that he had a chance to get a job this year he in fact did with the Chicago Bears what do you think of that fit and how exciting is it for uh, Matt Eberflus to be a head coach now yeah I'm really excited for for Matt to finally get his chance I think he'll be a good head coach you know as I've stated when you're when you're around a guy um, for several years a coach and you see how he interacts with his players and you see how he works at practicing his respect that his players have for him and you sit down and you talk to him you get a sense of whether he'd make a good head coach or not and He's one of them. He, along with Rich Bisacci, is another that, that I think I identified. Dan Campbell, another. I identified right away would make a good head coach. I think Jason Witten falls into that. He wasn't good at TV, but, but I think he would be very good as a head coach. He's now coaching in high school. But if it's something that he wants to further his career doing, then I, I think he can be successful at it. But back to Matt, I just think, you know, sometimes defensive coaches don't get these chances as much as offensive guys do. But I think he's going to do a very good job. I think he'll surround himself with very good people, Rich Passaccia being one. They're good friends. I think you'll see him go back there, assuming Rich doesn't get a head coaching job anywhere, and it doesn't sound like he will. But I think you'll see Rich probably follow uh, Matt there, and uh, and they'll be very successful. I, I think he'll, he'll turn that team around. I don't know how long it'll take, but I think he'll be very good in turning that team around, and they think they have the quarterback obviously to, to win with. Yeah, I do too, and I'm excited about that hire. I'm going to definitely be paying attention to see how he does there, and, and as you mentioned, Rich Passaccia, it sounds like he's probably going to get the special teams coaching job there in Chicago. I know it's not confirmed yet, but it seems like that's leaning in that direction. How about Nathaniel Hackett? He gets the job. He goes over from Green Bay, heads to Denver. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the, 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 the reason that everyone thinks he got the job, but what do you think about just hack it and having that job now in Denver. Yeah, you know, that was part of the conversation in his press conference today was, hey, does this have anything with their, to do with Aaron Rodgers uh, coming, to, coming to Denver? And, you know, they all said absolutely not. Uh, George Payton said that's not why we hired Nathaniel Hackett. He apparently was very, very impressive uh, in his interviews. But look, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere else to play, that looks like a prime possibility that, that Denver would be the place that he would try to go, do what Peyton Manning did. If it's me as a quarterback, I'm not going to the AFC. And, and I'm probably not leaving Green Bay, considering that they're in the <laughs> NFC North. They own the NFC North. None of those teams look like they're going to be better immediately. So why wouldn't you stay in Green Bay and have a chance to win there? But if he does look to go elsewhere – that's obviously a place that has been mentioned over and over and over again, that it looks like they're a quarterback away from, from winning. But you play in the same division with the Chiefs, obviously, who have dominated the, the division with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. You have to go through Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. And to me, it just looks like the AFC is far harder to, to get to a Super Bowl than the NFC will be, especially if Tom Brady retires. That just looks like an easier route. And then you say, well, you've got to beat one of those teams sometimes, yes. But if you're playing in the NFC, you only have to beat one of those AFC teams once. It's not like you have to go through Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow to get there. 
to, to try to win one. You've got to stop them one time as opposed to going through all three of those guys. So I think it's far easier to get to a Super Bowl in the NFC over the next X number of years than it, than it is in, in the AFC with those guys playing at the level that we've seen them play this postseason. Yeah, agreed 100%. Well, how about the NFC? How about New Orleans? Uh, Sean Payton says that he's going to at least, and I say retire in air quotes, retire for a season. I guess he's going to maybe be in the broadcast booth. But what do you think about that job opening now in New Orleans? And, and how quickly do you think Sean Payton may return to the game? Well, you know, it's just so tough with their salary cap situation and not having a franchise quarterback. Taysom Hill is signed uh, through next year, but I'm not sure anybody saw enough to say that he's your franchise quarterback and he's going to start going into next season. I'm sure they would like to upgrade that position, but they are massively in the hole over the projected salary cap for next year. I think it's like $70 million or, or somewhere in that range that, that they're over the cap. $50 million, I guess, is what it was. But anyway, they've got a lot of work to do this offseason to try to get under – well, they don't try to. They have to get underneath the cap. So they've got a lot of work to do to restructure some contracts to cut some people. And the question becomes, uh, do you just try to completely tear it down and, and start over and rebuild? Maybe make a couple trades where you can get some draft picks and get some young talent with some of your better players uh, trading them away. So a lot of questions, I think, for New Orleans. I do think Dennis Allen, he's another one I've been around – Quite a bit. Knew him from his time at Texas A&M. I just think he's a really good head coach. I don't think he got the shot that that he should have gotten with uh, the Raiders Mm -hmm. uh, back when they were in Oakland. And I think he'll be a good head coach if he gets a chance uh, to do it again. I think he'll be a better head coach if he gets a chance to do it again than he was the first time. But does he want that job? You know, it's just if you have other opportunities, I think there's other other jobs out there that are better, but I don't know that he has that opportunity. And we never get it again if he turns this one down. But I do think he's probably the leading candidate for that job. And Sean Payton, uh, you know, I think he'll be out at least one year, obviously. I don't think he's going to coach in 2022. I, I think he sounded to me like he was burned out and, and wanted to, uh, to sit out a season and then assess where he is. The problem with that is, if you go into the broadcast booth, it's really hard to commit to um, or not commit, as it were, to, to doing that job long term. To be good at it, you have to do it more than one year. You have to put in the time and the effort that it takes uh, to be good at it. Now, if he goes into a studio somewhere, that makes it much easier to leave uh, after this year. I guess the big question, everybody's pointed to Dallas, and he did almost become the Cowboys head coach in 2019. It's a great story if you haven't heard it. Um, they actually had an agreement for uh, to trade uh, Sean Payton to the Cowboys, and then Anthony Davis um, decided right on the eve of, of the trade going through that he was not going to uh, stay in New Orleans. He asked out of New Orleans, and Mickey Loomis, who at the time was GM of both teams, operating both teams, said, I'm not going to be the guy who let Anthony Davis and Sean Payton both leave town, so he <laughs> mixed and mixed the trade of Sean Payton to the Cowboys in 2019. But we know the relationship yeah. that Sean Payton and, and Jerry Jones have. So you, you would look at that as maybe being a possible in the future. But I was very intrigued when they re-signed Dan Quinn uh, to, to a long-term extension. And Jerry talked about that um, today. And I, and I wrote, is Dan Quinn really the head coach in waiting as opposed to Sean Payton? He would cost less in compensation, both financially and through graphics. They wouldn't have to give up any. Uh, to get him. So it's going to be a very interesting situation after this year to see how that plays out, who will be willing to give up draft picks to get Sean Payton. It will still take draft picks after this year. It's not like he can sit out and then become a free agent next right. year 
the Saints own his rights for the next three years. So it'll be interesting to watch after this year. I don't think he's he's going somewhere in TV this year, and then we'll see what how, how that plays out after this year. Talking right now with Shereen Williams. She's dropping some great nuggets with us right now on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And we were talking in the last segment, Shereen, about Eric Bieniemy and the fact that he is not a head coach yet. And I said, hey, look, he's got some stuff in his past that I don't think is going to be okay with every team. I'm not saying uh, every team is, is going to say that he's off the board, but I think some teams will say, hey, that's too much for us, even though it's a long time ago. What are you hearing from all your NFL people about Eric Bieniemy and his, his chances to be a head coach at some point? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of outrage if he doesn't get his opportunity in this hiring cycle, and it certainly doesn't sound like it's headed in that direction right now. Now, they're still in the postseason, and that's probably played a part, too, is the Chiefs have keep going to the Super Bowl. When you go to the Super Bowl, it makes teams have to wait to, to hire you, and so that's probably been a part of why he doesn't have a job, a head coaching job either. But I think it's time for, for someone to hire Eric Bieniemy, um, and we'll see how these co- coaching hires uh, play out over the rest of the way, but it just doesn't sound r- right now like there's a lot of momentum uh, for anyone to hurt Eric Bieniemy. But you know, I, I talked to Rod Graves this week, who mm. is head of the Fritz Pollard Alliance, and uh, he said it's too early at this point for us to really comment on where this is headed. But they're obviously hoping that some of these coaching vacancies are 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 filled uh, by black head coaches. Uh, Mike Tomlin was the one going into this hiring cycle after we had David Culley um, and uh, Brian Flores fired. And it does look like Flores probably will end up somewhere else. Um, so he'll probably just switch teams. And, and But you hope that there are more uh, minorities who are given opportunities to be head coaches in this league. And that's why they expanded the Rooney rule, frankly. Uh, in a league of, of 70, made up of 70% black players, we need more black coaches we need more black general managers, and possibly we could have a black owner, the first black owner uh, of the Broncos. So we'll see how that plays out. So very interesting you know, where this thing is headed, and we'll see how it finishes out. All right, Shereen, let's take it back to the home state of Texas for you. <laughs> Josh McCown, it seems like he got a second interview with the Texans, and it seems like he's going to be a finalist for that job. Do you have any clue what's going out there, going on in Houston and Josh McCown maybe being the next head coach? Can you imagine the outrage that there's going to be if Josh McCowan gets this job? I mean, never been a coach at the college level or the pro level. His only coaching experience is a little bit in high school. It's just unfathomable that this would be their choice. And look, Josh, Josh McCowan might make a great head coach, but how would you even know that he's going to be a, a, a great head coach having never done it, having never been a coordinator or a position coach? or all the things that go into it. He turned down an opportunity to be assistant head coach last year because he wanted to watch his kid play in high school, and that's fine. But you have no coaching experience. And I don't know what the Texans are doing. Dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things, as my (laughs) boss Mike Florio always likes to say. And and I think that's true, and I think that's what we're seeing uh, with the Texans. And so, you know, I don't know where this franchise goes, what they think they're doing. They're a long way from being competitive, obviously, but they'll get a bunch more picks when they finally trade Deshaun Watson this offseason. But if he's the head coach, there's going to be a lot of laughter coming out of uh, of a lot of uh, NFL, other NFL franchises. And there's also going to be a lot of anger that, that he didn't pay his dues and other guys have paid their dues and some of them haven't gotten the opportunity that he's 
going to step right into. And, and you're right, it does sound like that he's the favorite for that job based on who they've interviewed and, and what they want to do and what direction they want to go. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what they end up doing. But, yeah, him being a finalist, that already blew my mind. Again, we're talking with Shereen Williams yeah. here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And you can imagine that we've had a lot of conversations around here. I, I pushed off on even mentioning this name for a while because I just had a little bit of fatigue. But Josh Mc, or not Josh, yeah, Josh McDaniel, excuse me, he's coming in on yeah. Saturday to interview with the Raiders. Everyone remembers his time in Denver. Everyone remembers him leaving the Colts at the altar, uh, him possibly cheating, the Patriots known for cheating. What are your thoughts? What are you hearing on Josh McDaniels as far as how he's respected across the league right now? Well, I think he's another one that maybe learned a lot of things in his first chance as a head coach. And some of the things he did in Denver, you have to have skins on the wall like Bill Belichick to do. And maybe, hopefully, he figured that out. And he will be a better head coach because of that experience. But he wasn't very good, we all know. Didn't last very long, as we all know. Um, and, and then the Colts experience, I think, soured a lot of teams on even approaching him as, as a candidate for their jobs when they've come, over, come open over the last few years. Here he sits, and maybe he gets his second opportunity. And I tell you what, if he, if he does what he did to the Colts, if he does that to the Raiders, then, then he has no chance to ever become a head coach again unless it's new, in New England. Um, so I would expect him to, to accept the job if, if it's offered to him, and, and it certainly sounds like it's headed that direction. Um, but I do think he will be a better head coach the second time around than he was the first time around. Do you think that the the Patriot way, and I say that in air quotes because that's something that a lot of teams yeah. have tried to replicate but haven't been able to do it, and there honestly hasn't been a exactly. lot of successful coaches that came from the Belichick tree. Uh, do you think that he could be one of the exceptions, especially if a guy like Dave Ziegler comes over and is the GM as well? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it too, the, the, the GM part of it. But you're exactly right. It, it, nobody's been able to duplicate the success, and you do wonder, uh, is it partly because they don't have Tom Brady there uh, with Bill Belichick? Because, frankly, Bill Belichick hasn't been Bill Belichick without Tom Brady either. I mean, they were a great partnership for a lot of years. Um, and, and I think he did a really good coaching job this year. But, yeah, you just can't duplicate the Patriot way um, like the Patriots have done, especially, again, if you don't have those skins on the wall, you just can't do some of the things that the Patriots organization and Bill Belichick do within their organization. Um, and I hope that, you know, Josh McDaniels has learned that and learned that his spent away from the team trying to run his own team, and it didn't work out for him. But, yes, the, the G, to me, the GM and the coach have to be in lockstep in this thing and have to have the same vision in this thing, and I think you, a good example of that is I think what you saw with the 49ers when they hired uh, Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. and, and John Lynch, and they know what they want, and they work well together, and I think it's been a great partnership, and they're back in the NFC Championship game a second time with the chance to go to a second Super Bowl. Um, they haven't won one yet, but, but that sort of relationship between the GM and the coach, given long-term contracts and then given extensions, and you have to have that commitment. And when you see these teams just turn over coaches year after year after year, it, it, it is why they are where they are consistently. You know, mm-hmm. you look like at a, at a team like uh, the Texans, again, a, a one-year coach. You know, the, the Dolphins are another example of a team that just keeps turning over coaches. You just can't keep turning over coaches. You have to find the right coach 
and then stick with that coach and stick with that GM and really have that commitment that you're going to let them do their thing and not have a win-now attitude. And it's something that's worked very, very well for the Steelers uh, over the years, the most stable organization in, in all of the NFL. And it's worked because they've identified the coach that they wanted and the GM that they wanted. Now they're about to hire a new GM, but they identified those two parts of it and they let them work together, uh, win together, and don't have that yearly pressure of, you got to go out and win a Super Bowl this year or else. Right. Um, and it's worked. And other teams need to look at what the Steelers are doing and the 49ers have done in recent years and figure out that that's a good way to do things. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. That was a great way to summarize it right there. Good stuff. Shereen, before I let you go, and this has been fantastic, I do appreciate you as always. AFC and NFC Championship games are happening this weekend. They're all rematches or else even a, a third time's a charm between San Francisco and the Rams and then, of course, Kansas City and Cincinnati. Uh, how do you see these uh, couple games shaking out this weekend? Well, the problem with last weekend is it was so great. I think that we're <laughs> right. headed to not so great. It's not going to live up to our expectations of what we came out of last weekend with, with four games, 15 points among those four games that separated the teams. And I just find it that, that it's going to be really hard for, for a duplication this week. I think the Chiefs and the Rams both are going to win pretty easily this week. And, and uh, hopefully that leads, if that happens, to a good Super Bowl. But – I, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope uh, it's really close games and it comes down right to the end of both of those games. There you go. I like it. I like it. I think, I'm think i kind of thinking the same way you're thinking. That's Shereen Williams right there, Pro Football Talk. You mentioned you did some writing a little bit earlier. What would you put out there that we could be on the lookout for? Uh, just a lot of uh, news with the coaching hires and injury reports, obviously, today. Trent Williams will, will be a big one to watch with the 49ers. He's questionable with what sounds like a high ankle sprain, so we'll see if he can – go and play through that but uh yeah just a lot of friday happenings as there always are in the nfl there's just there's no off season and no. it's funny people ask me what i do in the off season i'm like football because <laughs> it's year round it's 365 days so always busy every single day yes and you do a fantastic job shereen thank you so much for your time enjoy the games this weekend and we'll be talking to you soon Thanks so much. All right, there she goes. Great stuff right there. Shereen Williams, the Hall of Famer, on Twitter at NFL Shereen, writes for Pro Football Talk and has uh, just, I mean, I'm telling you, between her and John McClain, two Hall of Famers we have on this show on the regular. Uh, very, very blessed to, to be able to pick their brains and get their knowledge. 320 is the time. We'll come back. Got some text messages to get to. And uh, Raider Nation, the listener line is wide open like some old school TV antennas at 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Just want to give you a heads up. Let you know another coaching hire that looks like it's about to be made, according to Ian Rappaport and many other outlets out there. The Giants are working to hire Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dayball as their new head coach. The two sides will attempt to do a deal and reunite him with old friend and GM Joe Schoen, who was just hired as the GM the other day. So it looks like Dayball is going to get that job in New York. That'll be three. Who knows what happens with the Raiders this weekend as they meet with Josh McDaniels. It's so funny when we were talking to Shereen and I, you started talking about Josh McCown. That's all I had in my head was Josh McCown. So when I brought up Josh McDaniels too, I, I was about to say Josh McCown. Yeah, I heard that. But I thought you were going to, when you said that we got some new coaching news, I thought it was going to be like, they did it already. <laughs> That's who I thought you were going to announce. No, Josh no, Josh McCown, no. he's from Texans. No, 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 no. Yeah, shout out to Brian Dayball. He deserves that. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a hell of a, a hell of a coach. He's got a lot of work cut out for him in New York. See, that's the thing about it. That's what I'm so excited about 
when it comes to this Raiders job, it's not the Giants. It's not the Jaguars. It's not the Texans. It wasn't the Broncos. It wasn't any of those trash teams. <laughs> and I mean, look, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but let's call it what it is. You called them trash. That's, they were that's trash. That's as disrespectful as it gets. But I know, I mean, but you're right. The Giants were trash. They were trash. They beat the Raiders, but they were trash. The Bears beat the Raiders, but they were trash. Matt Nagy was terrible. The Raiders aren't that team. They have a lot of talent. They won 10 games, just like we had the call earlier. They won 10 games. They made it to the playoffs. They just got – they now, now take them from where they were, take, take the Mark Jackson approach, and, and bring in Steve Kerr and take them to the next level. If that happens, won't well, nobody – this conversation we've had today, none of this will matter. If, if, if Josh McDaniels or anyone else comes in and Steve Kerr's this up, everyone will be singing the praises of Mark Davis. Everyone. Nobody will be questioning the motives, but they got to see it first. Everyone wants to see it. And that's why you and need I to hire someone that hasn't that. coached before. Maybe the Raiders should be looking at Josh McCown. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Passionate Raider just sent me a tweet, and he doesn't realize that I read some stuff word for word at times. I have to learn not to do that. This coaching blank is pathetic. Hope we get Flores as defensive coordinator. Well, Brian Flores ain't about to take no D.C. job. Look, I, I, I agree with you. But just say he doesn't get a head coaching job. Just saying. I'm going to be sitting at home. Would you? Yeah. Why? I ain't about to take no demotion. It's not a demotion. You just got fired. So you rather Unjustly. not work. Unjustly. So, you so you're one of those. You'd rather not work because of principle than take a job where you made your hay as a defensive coordinator. If I can afford to, yes. <laughs> Me and my situation right now, I can't walk out the door. That's what I'm saying. But, why but I'm saying if I'm him, Yes. Why? My res the resume speaks for itself. I'm not saying it doesn't, but it's okay. What I have learned in this business, because my resume speaks for itself as well. Been in this business for a very long time. When I was in between radio jobs, I thought, I'm cute. I'm going to get a call tomorrow. I'm going here, that, and the other. I had, Coach about, Flo. I had five jobs lined up that I just knew I was going to get. Guess how many of those jobs I got? None. It was a very humbling experience. It's easier to get a job when you have a job than it is to not get a job. When you're sitting at home. But it's also So if he's could, a defensive coordinator, just say he was a defensive coordinator for a year. I'm not I'm not saying that's gonna happen. But what if he was he said, you know what? This time around it wasn't for me. I'm gonna go ahead and hey, my my friend that I worked with before in, in New England wants me to go to Vegas and be the defensive coordinator. I'll take that job, knowing that I'm gonna be a head coach soon anyway. It's not like you wouldn't do it. Nope, because then you gotta think about what if it goes wrong even the slightest? What if the defense finishes like in the, the 13th? I remember people like now people talking 13th. about time. I know. But if it finishes still, 13th, that's a damn good thing. I'm not saying I'm just saying because it'd be like, oh, you're supposed to be this hot shot. Todd Bowles, man, defending Super Bowl champs. Look what he did against Cooper Cup. How can you let the best receiver in the league do that? Maybe he's not cut out for this in the first place. All right. All well, it takes is like one bad performance. So you're going to sit at home so you don't have a bad performance. you rather exactly. sit at home. Exactly. Well, you, you, me and you. You be one of those guys that I say, Demond, I love you like a brother, but man, I got to go in another direction. You're bringing me down like an anchor. No, you, no, no. This <laughs> that's is what, not me. I, that's what I this would is... say to you. I'd be like, hey, man, look, bro, I got to keep pushing. I got to push and pee. I got to keep pushing, pee. Yeah, you can keep pushing, but I mean, <laughs> if the rest, I mean, when it comes to this coaching game, I know. I feel like I regular jobs is probably going to be different. But when it comes to coaching, okay. Come on now. All right. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go out real quick to uh, Raider Mac in L.A. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. You guys show, man. It's great. You guys got that extra hour. 
I'm with Jamar. Ain't no way I'm gonna. Ain't no way I'm gonna take no defensive talk coordinator to, job after, after, after being the head coach. You know how many coaches sit out afterwards and don't take it, and they get a job the next year. That's what you should do. Okay. But anyway, let me get on. I've, I've been a Raider fan for almost over forty some years. Man, it, it doesn't matter who comes in here as long as they win. Man, people getting all the Raider fans. I, I got friends that oh, we don't want Josh McDaniel, but the problem is. It's whoever you bring in. It doesn't matter. They got to win because right. if they don't win, we're going to be back to where we was at before. And the, my last thing, what, what, Derek Carr, is he – I mean, are, what do you think? Should we keep him? Or, I mean, you can, you got to – if you don't keep him, you got to get somebody better. Right. Or if you do keep him, are you going to pay him 40 the, – the going rate, I just saw $45 million a season um, – so we're in a tough spot. So what yeah. do you think? I'm going to listen, and I thank you guys, man. And, hey, don't floors stay at home. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you for the call, Raider Mac. I appreciate you calling out of L.A. And to each their own, because I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep working because I know that the, I'd rather be working and be in, the, in, in, in everyone's mind, top of mind, and go get that job. But that's just me. Uh, maybe I just don't want to be at home. But anyway, uh, up to Derek Carr real quick. Um, I think that he's the best option right now for the Raiders. I absolutely do. Uh, I think that with him having no guaranteed money on their on his contract, the Raiders need to address that. I don't think any quarterback in the league is going to play for no guaranteed money at all. So I don't know how they go about approaching that. I don't know what kind of extension they give him. Uh, we've had some people say that they better give him that long, like you said, $45 million a, a year contract extension or else it's disrespectful. I don't agree with that. I think you sit down in a room and say, hey, what do you want? Where do we want? And let's meet in the middle and make it happen just like that. So uh, that's what I would do. But, again, that's up to the organization what they'll do. I do think Carr will be a guy that Josh McDaniels, if he takes that job, will really like and do some good things. Things with 331's the time when we come back. We'll talk to Paloma Villacana talking all things UNLV. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. It's time to take a look into what the Running Rebels got going on. They're currently going to be playing Colorado State tonight. So anytime we dip in and talk a little running rebels we always have to reach out to our home girl paloma villacana from fox 5 sports does a fantastic <laughs> job covering the running rebels and more paloma thank you so much for your time this afternoon i gotta start off with this the other day you were in san diego beautiful looking beaches you took the picture <laughs> of it looked great now you're in fort collins it looks a little snowy it looks a little <laughs> cold how are, how has it been been on the road san diego to fort collins yeah, I'm, I'm saying we are on a plane every other day. I'm <laughs> sitting down with the guys. I'm sitting down with the coaches. And I'm like, the past two weeks, we have been on a plane every other day. And, like, the coaches are like, man, the players are like, all right, it is what it is. You know, like, we're just running around the country. But it's it's been fun. It's been fun to just cross off some cities I've never been to, um, you know, traveling with the Running Rebels. But, when I say, like, we are feeling it, the team is feeling it, the coaches are feeling it, like, I mean, you travel every other day and let me know how you're feeling, you know? Right, right. No, you, you man, I'm telling you, I, I have a problem driving into work every day sometimes, start feeling some kind of way, you know? So <laughs> I can imagine all that traveling that uh, you guys got going on. And how, mu how much of that do you think has to do with the, uh, the, the not the style of play, but just kind of you can see fatigue at times on, on the court from the Runner Rebels these days? Yeah, absolutely. And it's just been the COVID-19 postponed games. And, 
you know, of, co- of course, the coaches will say, you know, everyone in the Mountain West is kind of dealing with, with this right now. You know, the postponed games, trying to make them up, trying to, you know, cram them all in. Uh, I mean, you know, Bryce Hamilton, some of the guys saying, yeah, there, there, there is fatigue on the team for sure. Uh, you know, you have a one-day turnaround, a one-day quick turnaround, and you don't even have time to prepare for San Diego State or Air Force. Uh, you know, you're just getting on a plane, getting to the hotel, you know, eating dinner, getting to practice, going back to the hotel, eating dinner. You know, it's, it's just like boom, 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 boom. So, you know, I think we saw that in the San Diego State game. They were, you know, they just could not match the Aztecs' energy, and it was like a big old dunk show yeah. uh, at Viejas Arena. And, you know, Donovan Williams is out with a right knee injury, and, you know, uh, we're missing Josh Baker. We're missing Marvin Coleman. So, uh, yeah, I mean, UNLV, they, they've been through it for sure. Ever since conference play started and their COVID pause, they've definitely been through it this season. Yeah, and conference play, uh, as you mentioned, has been very inconsistent. You know, one loss, a win, a loss, a win, a loss. It's just, you know, it's, it's streaks, and that's what they need to do is get on a streak. But you had the note earlier, and you just mentioned it, Donovan Williams is out. Josh Baker's is out. Uh, Marvin Coleman's out tonight, all against Colorado State. Obviously, Bryce Hamilton is going to have a lot of uh, heavy lifting to do, but how major is that having all three of those guys out? Yeah, we were talking to Coach about that because Donovan wasn't practicing this week, uh, and that's, that's a huge hit for his team. That's a huge loss just because Donovan has you know that, that length, that athleticism, um, you know, he's a fighter on, on both ends of the floor. So him not being out there, you can already just feel a change, feel a difference, feel a different type of energy on the team. So, uh, but coach stayed really optimistic with me today. He said, you know, his guys have been working all week without Donovan and Josh and, and Marvin. And it's just, you know, it is what it is. They're going to have to step up. So we could see, you know, more playing minutes from Mike Nuga, Justin Webster, Vic E. Walker, guys that are having to step up. Uh, in place of in, of those guys, and it just it is what it is. It's just kind mm-hmm. of something they've gotten used to and have been dealing with this season. Talking right now with Paloma Villacana from Fox Five Sports, talking all things running Rebels here on Red Nation Radio nine twenty. Yeah, Paloma, in that tweet that you put out, you said that Coach Kruger says that hey. Bryce is going to have to step up even more on the scoring load. And I don't know how he's going to be able to do that because he already takes so many shots, so many. But, like, so who else on that team can help him out when it comes to scoring the ball? I mean, Jordan McCabe is starting to find his his flow on offense a little bit more. Um, you know, we've been kind of tipping our hat to Jordan McCabe. We all knew what he did at, at West Virginia and, you know, what leadership he brings to the team. So uh, the coaches want to see Jordan shoot the ball more. They want to see him find that confidence and, and step up. I mean, it's the next man up, step up. Uh, you know, Bryce is, you know, their, their best player on the team for sure. And he carries the workload literally every single game. But it, it's kind of a disappointment to see Donovan out because him and Donovan, Bryce and Donovan had such a good flow going this season. I felt like they were really, you know, finding the rhythm, finding their, their chemistry this season. So Jordan McCabe, we expect him to, to step up. Royce Ham, you know, is, second in the Mountain West in rebounds. And, um, you know, Mike Nuga is a fighter. Justin Webster is a fighter. The freshman, Keyshawn Gilbert, has really been stepping up. So um, that's just one thing the guys have told me. We won't stop fighting. Like, we won't, you know, lay lay down. We won't, you know, give up. We're going to keep fighting. And, you know, Colorado State 16-1, mm-hmm. riding a five-game win streak. Tonight is a fight 
for sure, for sure. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to ask you. Colorado State, the second best team in the conference. As Coach Kruger, did he give like yeah. any keys, any clues to what they might try to do game plan wise to stop this team? You know, he, he kind of told me earlier today that this team is better than the Colorado State team they lost to last year. They played two games back-to-back here in Fort Collins last year, and it was two close games that they lost. But Coach Kruger was like, I mean, this is even this is a better Colorado State team. But what he told me is he doesn't want to see his guys kind of match their play. You know, if, if they hit a big three, he doesn't want to see UNLV, you know, come back on their end of the floor and try to hit a big three. He wants to see his guys just stick to their game plan, stick to their guns, stick to, you know, their their game, their offense, their rhythm, um, and not try and match and, and go tit for tat with uh, with CSU and just continue to fight. And, and, and <laughs> I mean, CSU's offense is, is filthy. So I think defensively, you know, UNLV is going to have a, a big challenge tonight. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's going to be a, a tough one. It's going to be a really good, exciting game. Definitely looking forward to uh, watching it. We have a little watch party going on uh, six o'clock when tip off hits. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, you know, we know what we're doing around here. You <laughs> Can know, I come? yeah. Can I come? It, well, you already what? there. You know, that's so you. You are uh, you are eyes on the scene right there. You're making it happen. I did want to ask you about the Lady Rebels. Uh, they had a, picked up a big victory last oh, night. Yeah. They're in first place in the Mountain West. Uh, I know I don't talk about them a lot, but man, I want to go ahead and tip the cap to them. How, how good of a season are they having i mean eight and one in conference play 16 and four overall six game win streak lindy larock and her girls are killing it you know last year even with covid and even with everything they were dealing with last season you could already see that lindy was changing that program uh you know really really changing the culture there and this year it's just like they've gone off off I was a little sad that, you know, we were here in Fort Collins last night. I really wanted to go to the game uh, against New Mexico last night. And, you know, we were already here in Colorado. But awesome. Awesome to see Lindy. Everything on social media they post, you Mm -hmm. know, it looks like they're having fun. And, and, you know, tip tip of the cap to the local, the Las Vegas native, Lindy, um, you know, and and her girls are fighting. And, you know, I've, I've hung out with Jade Thomas this season. She's been shadowing me at games. So, you know, only great things to say about the Lady Rebels. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely wanted to make sure we mentioned them before we let you go. And and I know that you're, you know, on the road right now. And, and by the time we talk to you next week, uh, the next game will already have passed by. And that is the big rivalry <laughs> game. And I don't want to look too far ahead. And I know yeah. the players don't want to do that. But, I mean, you know it's coming. They know it's coming. What are your thoughts on the big rivalry with UNR? It's always chippy. There's always some trash talking. You know, there's always a little bit of pride, a little bit of, you know, mess is, is I guess, the right word to say on air. But, um, you know, I feel like when it's a rivalry game, the records are thrown out. You know, the guys are fighting. Hopefully UNLV is a little bit healthier come Tuesday. Shout out Tuesday, February 1st. That's my birthday. Hey, uh, there you go. I'll be be working on my birthday. That's all good. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, I mean, it'll it'll be a big game. I know Kevin Kruger wants to pack the Thomas and Mac. Um, And, and yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. I'm just hoping that UNLV gets healthier. Donovan Williams hopefully can recover from his right knee injury. You know, Josh Baker recovering from a concussion. Marvin... Coleman's still dealing with illness, but yeah, hopefully we can see a, a, a more full force running Rebels team. But it's just it's that's that's what it's been like all conference play, just the guys dealing with uh, guys being out. 
Oh no, it's definitely going to be a win on Tuesday. I'm I'm guaranteeing it. This is the one Uh-oh. game in conference play. It's the home game. That team up north, they're coming down. This is the one that I don't care if we don't win another game all season. This is the one I want. Wow, that's true. There you go. It's like that's that, true. huh? It's like it's that. Like, I can't stand them, man. I really can't. Wow, good stuff, good stuff. Well, Paloma, we we appreciate you so much. I, I think I got to drop the mic after Demond went out there on a on a ledge and said that they going to win. I, I like that, but uh, yeah, uh, that's my guy, DeMond, right there. <laughs> well, uh, Paloma, enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy Tuesday. Like I can say we'll, we'll definitely talk to you next week, and in advance, I want to wish you a happy birthday as well. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. There she goes, Paloma Villacana. Happy birthday. A little early. She turned to 21 again. That's what, we, uh, that's what we always say when you get to a certain age, you know, and, and she's a youngster, so we'll just say she's at 21 again. Uh, we'll give her her flowers. But uh, Paloma does a great job covering the running Rebels, and we do appreciate her time. 3.45 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Close out the show. Vinny Bonsignor will be up next to, well, be in the huddle from 4 to 6 p.m., but we're going to come back and wrap it up. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 3.47 is the time. Got time for a couple more text messages. A few calls off the Raider Nation listener line. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line 69187. I do appreciate all the feedback we've had today. Uh, A lot of great uh, feedback from listeners. Uh, all the great interviews that we've had on the show today. It's been a fast three hours, but it's been a fun three hours. I uh, got a text that was explaining the the text about the Kansas City Kansas City game, and uh, it says, Q said our defense struggled against KC, and I was saying that in the game, our offense turned the ball over five times, so I wasn't all in the defense. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. That's, that's something that uh, goes into that. There was definitely uh, the turnover factor, but uh, ultimately the Raiders did not look like they were on the same page or in the same class with the Chiefs this year. They just didn't. They just look like they're, they're two teams playing at two different speeds. The Chiefs were playing very fast, and the Raiders were just playing. It just, it just, that's just the reality of it to me. It seemed like they were playing a lot faster than the Raiders, and that's offensively and defensively. Uh, we also got a text from Raider Jay in Sacramento. I'm a little worried about Gangster Raiders. Is he still all right? Is he still in Vegas? <laughs> if he's still in Vegas, <laughs> it might be bad. <laughs> Shout out to Gangster Raider. I actually got a chance to meet him at the M Resort back uh, back in Super Wild Card Weekend. Saw him, so that was cool uh, to meet him. Uh, we also got a text from Mailman Raider Max. I'll take six rings and be called a cheater any day of the week. I heard that. Uh, also, the oh, yeah, we already got that offense one. Okay, and then one more text. Why wouldn't anything change? I believe the coaching staff, as it was last season, is capable of beating the Chiefs because they almost beat them twice in 2020. So we add a few free agents and draft picks to fix the roster and we run it back. Okay. I see what you're saying. I don't, I don't, I don't really have an explanation for that, but I, okay. I see what you're saying. You can't go back to, oh, like the year before we almost beat them. Well, you did, did get the win one, the one win. Right. But can okay – I try to avoid these because I know I can go down a rabbit hole and I end up going long and I want to get to these callers. The question is, can you consistently beat the, the, the Chiefs or are you a team that says, hey, we beat them in 2020, almost beat them twice? I'll tell you right now, the Chiefs go into a game with the Raiders every single time they play and feel like they're going to win that game. The Raiders do not. Now, they might in their heart say, hey, I think we can win this game. But I don't think anyone believes every single time the Raiders take the field against the Chiefs that the Raiders are going to win that game. Exactly. Like Bring it back to the conference championship games real quick. The 49ers are 6-0 and in the past, like, the last times they played the uh, the Rams there. Mm-hmm. But do you think that the Rams are just like, man, I don't know how we're going to win this one. 
Well, I'm saying like sometimes the record is may not be indicative of how close these teams are. Right. But I feel like if the Raiders somehow made it to the AFC Championship game, it would be like, man, I don't know how they're gonna pull this one out. Right. And look, I'm I'm if you believe that the Raiders are fine and they can compete with the Chiefs consistently with what they have right now, not change a thing, then that's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. I don't believe that. The evidence doesn't show that that's right, true. Right, but that's okay. Again, that's why I appreciate all feedback because it doesn't necessarily have to be what I I say. I'm not I'm not the end all be all. I'm just giving my opinion, just like everyone else. I think that they need some fine tuning. I think that I mean field goals aren't going to beat the Chiefs, right? Let's let's start there. Field goals aren't going to beat the Chiefs. What did the Raiders specialize this year in field goals? The red zone offense was a struggle. If if nothing else, if the next head coach can come in and do what the Raiders were able to do and be successful in the red zone, you're going to win a handful more games. And two and two more games is is a big difference. But you have to at some point establish a way to beat the Chiefs consistently. 702-365-9200. Let's go to Shields up. He's on the phone. What's up, my man? Welcome to the show. What's up? How you doing, Q? Blessed, man. How are you? Good, man. Your theme is accountability and learning from mistakes, right? Yes, sir. All right. Well, I'm going to tack it from two angles. Number one, I, I know you want to talk about Josh McDaniels in that area, and and everybody does, but I'm going to start at the top. I think I think Mark Davis is still making his way through the cornfield of ownership. That's a good point. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and um, you know, there's been some mistakes mm-hmm. through his ownership. Yeah. Um, and I think his narrow-minded drive to get Gruden disrupted some things because we did have some things with Del Rio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and that's what I'm saying on that end. Um, I live, live, tell you the truth, I live an hour and a half in Patriot Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, you can say, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little I got my, my view of the Patriots. You know what I'm saying? Uh, over here, we call them the Cheatriots. Right. And, I, and the coach is not Bill a Chick, he's Bill a Trick. Right. But that, that's just a little sidebar joke. But I want to get back to this whole Brian Flores thing. I would love for them to interview Brian Flores. I agree. He's been a head coach, mm-hmm. and I think he got a broad deal down in Miami. I agree. Now, I agree. Yeah. Now, I don't believe your last caller says stay home, and I'm going to push back and demand a little bit about, you know, not being a coordinator. How many head coaches have dropped back down as coordinators? Del Rio. They're littered with them. Look at, look at um, 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 the guy uh, um, that we're interviewing over there, Todd Bowles. He right. was the head coach. Yep. You know, he had he humbled himself, went back down as a coordinator, right? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, you keep the hope alive. You, know, you take a, 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 a two steps forward, maybe one step back, but you keep driving mm-hmm. and you keep grinding. You don't stay home and soak and suck your thumb, man. I agree. You know? I agree. Hey, great call, man. I agree 100%. That's, that's been my whole point. You know, it, it, look, being an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator in the NFL is not a bad job. <laughs> That's an awesome job. Is it the head coaching job? No. But sometimes being the man ain't all what it's cracked up to be. Sometimes, and this is what and I, I but can only, it seems like he wants to be the man. No, I know. My only point is that it's just like he, he didn't fail. No, for he me, didn't. I, for me, no. if I'm Brian Flores, I, I didn't, didn't fail. Nobody's saying he did. We all, I think we're all on the same page. So I'll take that year off then. Let me take that year off. That's Let me fine. evaluate my options. I understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is sometimes it's better just to go back and be a coordinator, keep it cooking, Mike keep McCarthy your name. didn't do that. He didn't. Exactly. And he's failing in Dallas now. I'm not saying he has. There's no right. There's no blueprint that you have to follow. 
You know what I'm saying? But why not work? Why not work? Why not be a defensive coordinator for a year and then, hey, I'll get it the next round? You don't have to. Doug Peterson didn't. He sat out a year. He he was in line to get coaching jobs this year. I don't know if he's going to get one. He sat out. You're not wrong. I'm just saying for me personally, I prefer to keep working just like Todd Bowles did. Hey, you know what? It didn't work out as a head coach. Fine. I'll go be a defensive coordinator. That's a good gig. It's a great gig. And again, like I keep trying to tell you, only person I can ever talk about is myself because I can only live in my shoes and no one else's. Being in a position of, of strength and power was great until it wasn't. And then at that point, I said, you know what? Hell, I'll just be the, I'll just be the on-air guy. I'll, I'll, I'll be, the, I'll, I'll be your, your assistant. I'm okay with being an assistant. It had to take a lot of convincing for me to even want to have a position of, of a program director again because I know how it could be a raw deal. It could be a real raw deal. People could email you and call you and text you while you're trying to do your show, or they can bother you while you're trying to do your show because they don't know that, hey, you got other things to do. So there's all kind of different elements to it. Me, I'd rather keep working. Some guys, if they want to sit out, that's cool too. But if he doesn't get that head coaching job that he wants, then maybe he would want to be the defensive coordinator for his buddy if, in fact, Josh McDaniels would be his buddy. That's all I'm saying. They might not even be friends. They might not. You're right. <laughs> You so angry, man. You so angry. You ain't got to be angry. Woosa. It's going to be okay. You act like you got a couple more hours to work or something, and then you got to yeah. run a hockey game or something. You know, you I know, act, I know right? You yeah. know what I mean? You act like you just got this and that to do, and you know what I mean? It's going to be all right. Vinny Boston, yours coming up next in the huddle, closing you out the right way on a Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio, 920.